This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Dumb, dumb day. I'm in a bad mood, boys. I'm in, I'm in not a great mood. I hate Thursdays. I just don't like them. You know, it's like a day before the fucking weekend, right? Like Fridays. Like I could, someone could take a dump on me on a Friday, but I go, you know what? It's Friday. When I have a bad day on a Thursday, when a Thursday doesn't go smoothly, I, it really ruffles my feathers. You know, it just, I just, you know, let's get into it. Right. What am I hiding? Listen, uh, you know, work sucked. That's it started off with work. You know, I woke up 5am, go to work. Everything's late. You know, I work for a delivery company, as you guys know, and uh, we're like, I hate to use this analogy because, you know, I don't want to disrespect the military, but we're, we're essentially my job at the company I work for. We're basically like, especially like special ops. Okay. So we come in and we get shit done quickly and then we're out. You know what I mean? Uh, we deal with the high value stuff, the stuff that gets you know, a lot of people pay a lot of money to get on a certain time. So everything I touch, everything I deliver has to be off at a certain time. And so when I get put behind because of unforeseen things, I mean, this happens all the time in, in the shipping world, you know, a little bit of rain today in Cincinnati. So everything got pushed. So I was playing catch up all fucking day and it just, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, but your boy is happy to report no lates, you know, not on my watch. Okay. Not on my watch in the rain. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm full sprinting to get your shit off. Okay. No big deal. Mask on. Full sprint. Um, but it puts me in a bad mood. I, I'm a very punctual guy. I hate being late. I fucking hate it. It's the only thing me and my wife really disagree on is she, you know, she'll have, she'll have, she'll have to be at work at like 11. She's getting ready at 1045. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm getting ready. I'm like, it works a half hour away. What, what are you doing? She uh, is not the most punctual person. Now, I usually I usually don't mind if other people are late. Right. I, as long as I know I'm on time, I only worry about myself. I don't worry about anybody else. As long as I know that I'm on time, I'm okay with that. Right. Like my buddy, Austin, who's been on the podcast before. God love him. He is, you know, when he texts you getting in the shower, that means he knows where his towel's at. And when he says, Oh, just got out of the shower. That means that he is just, you know, just now turning on the water. Like he is, on awesome time. He's always late. He, you know, he'll always show up, but he's always late. So that doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. But as long as I know that I'm on time and it kind of works well with what I do because everything I, I deliver has to be on time. And, uh, I'm, you know, it just put me in a bad mood. I'm yelling at people. I'm honking at people. Of course, there's a wreck and I'm honking at them. Like school's starting to get back. So there's a million fucking buses. And it's just like, get out of the fucking way. And I can't drive like a complete maniac because, um, it's raining, you know, so I got to be a little extra careful, but, uh, yeah, it's just, that just put me in a bad mood. And I tell you what, so everything I deliver second half stuff, uh, my, my, you know, I do two, I do two shifts, two, I guess trips, right? The first early morning stuff. That's like the overnight has to get out at by eight o'clock stuff. And then I, I come back after doing that and I do a second, uh, second trip. That's 10 30. So I delivered this jewelry store. Typically, I'm there between 9.30, 9.45. It's one of the maybe like third or fourth stops on the end of my route, right? And today I got there a little after 10 and they open at 10 and usually I'm there, you know, I was 15, 20 minutes behind today because of everything going on. And I fucking killed myself to get there. Now, mind you, I'm not late, right? The package, they pay for the package to get there 
at 10.30, right? If I got there at 10.31, they would have got the fucking shipping for free. They got refunded the shipping, whatever. I got there at like 10.10, okay? So it's on time. And this lady answers, you know, I go in there. I was like, hey, here you go, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you you know, usually you're here. At, you know, I've seen this lady. I've delivered to her multiple times. She's like, yeah, usually you're here between like 9.30 and 9.45. We, we didn't think you were coming today. We, we knew we had this coming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the rain. I, I'm not going to give her the whole spiel. I'm like, yeah, the rain kind of slowed us down a little bit. You know, everything was kind of leaving late. And she's just like, okay, okay. And kind of walks away. And I'm just like, uh, hey, Dick. I got I got it to you before 10:30. Sorry that on my normal day, you know, I'm a little running behind, but it's still not late. So tomorrow what I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to fucking make that my last stop. Uh I'm going to get in the parking lot at 10:15 or whatever it is, I don't know. And I'm going to fucking sit there until 10:29 and I'm going to walk it in. And I'm going to just slam it on the table and stare at her and go, "Yeah. It's on time now, too." <laughs> fuck fuck you it's on time and then another i mean just i mean like the fight car that we're due this is a pick on podcast by the way i don't even know if i mentioned that my brain's fucking mush but um pick on podcast and then fights this weekend kind of suck tiago santos and glover got canceled for next weekend which i was really looking forward to one of the you know there's a lot of fights in september that are that are really good that was one that i thought was really under the radar because 205 is wide open. I mean, listen, if, Santa, if either of those guys won, they're probably getting a title shot. Um, I was leaning Santos in that fight. Now they're rebooked for October, but, you know, fuck COVID. I think Cody Garbrandt just tested positive for COVID. And another thing, my in-laws, my in-laws in Georgia, my father-in-law tested positive for COVID. Um, let me take a little drink here. Got the text yesterday from the wife. Um, you know, he went back to work, I think, first week of August, right? And um, he works at, uh, I'm not going to tell you where, I mean, he works at a, a major airline. He's like, uh, like I don't stock room's not the right word for it. So let me, let me give you a rundown about my father-in-law. So this guy, you know, he's almost 60. I think he'll be 60 in October. He is a quirky individual, right? He, he's his own person, which you got to respect. You know, he's, he's unique and uh, in the best way possible. And you can describe him in many ways. You know, people probably called him a jerk before. People have probably described him a lot of different ways. No one's ever going to call this guy lazy. He is always moving. He climbed telephone poles for 30-something years, right? Um, retired with them, putting in phone lines and shit like that. Went and got like a desk job at an airline and decided that, you know what, you know, making reservations or whatever. It's like, you know, he did that for years, but that just... That's not him, right? You know, you need to be active. So when he moved to Atlanta, well, actually, I actually think I get, he got the job here, but when he moved to Atlanta, he got um, this, like, basically, it's like a, you know, Atlanta airport's huge. He works in a department where if a plane breaks down or if a plane needs a part or something like that, he works in, like, the stock room for the parts, and he pulls the part number, and he goes, and he accepts deliveries and shit like that. And he pulls it, and then he takes a cart, and he drives it to a you know, hangar or whatever, you know. And so he's constantly moving on forklifts, on do, doing whatever. He comes home. He fucking cuts the grass. This guy wakes up at, like, 6 in the morning. Every time we've drove to Atlanta, I've woken up to our car being washed by him. Uh, he washes his cars, like, every other day. And then if, you know, him and, his, and, and my mother-in-law run low on gas, he goes and gets gas. Like, this guy literally just does not stop. And the funny thing is, is when he finally does stop, he's asleep in fucking two minutes. But he has it. He got T-Tessipata 
positive. Felt a little sick, went and got tested. Uh, mother-in-law, they're, they're, they're quarantining, they're separating right now in, in their house. He's downstairs, she's upstairs. Obviously, you know, she's been around them for the, the entire time. I, I, I hope she gets tested. She's not experiencing symptoms, but, you know, he's really tired, achy, shit like that. Um, obviously it's a scary thing. Listen, no one, no one in my household thinks COVID's a joke. I've, uh, you know, I, I've taken it seriously. We all wear masks. We all wash our hands. You know, we, 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 we don't go anywhere really besides like the necessities. Um, I'm not one of those guys that is sharing those anti-mask memes. Like, unless you tell me to wear a mask or wear a fucking mask, I don't care. Um, and, but I'm, you know, so it's, it's scary, right? Because he's a little older in age. He's in great shape. Right. But, you know, COVID can attack anybody at any age, and it's crazy. So it, it, it's a little alarming, right? It's scary that because we, we haven't known anybody with it. We, you know, I, a couple guys at work got it. Um, not You know, just guys I don't really know, but guys I work with had it. Um, and But we don't know any, like, family members that have had it. So it's kind of alarming, and it, it kind of jolted me a little bit. I sent a text, text him for encouragement. But I'll tell you what, there's one person i can kick fucking covet's ass it's, it's my father-in-law this guy just does not stop he's i mean he's probably it's probably killing him because like we 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 called him before i got on here and he was just hanging out downstairs and he, he doesn't really want to eat but he's eating like you know watermelon some crackers and drinking some gatorade and stuff and he's just relaxing on the couch he's got to be separated from his wife which is like his you know he loves his uh, my, you know, he loves his wife more than anything. So that's killing him, but also just not being able to do anything. You, he's probably staring outside the window, looking at that grass. He cuts his grass two, three times a week. This guy's fucking just staring out the window and they just sold their house and they're trying to build a new one. And so that kind of fucks everything up because, you know, now he's, you know, instead of packing up and stuff, I mean, I mean, they're, they could hire movers, but then you got to be careful hiring movers because he has COVID it's a whole fucking thing. But you know, my, my thoughts are with my father-in-law. I know he's going to kick its ass and, uh, you know, obviously I'm concerned and worried for its health, but I'm also very confident that he's going to, he's going to beat this thing because that's just, the, that's just who he is. You know, he's not going to lose to this. So, but yeah, so I just, you know, it's just a bad fucking, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, and I, and I'm kind of stalling here. We went 10 minutes of, you know, me talking about, you know, having a day and we went, you know, a couple more minutes, me talking about my, my, my in-laws and you know, it's almost like a stall because I don't really want to break down this card. I mean, I, I have my picks. I've begrudgingly looked up the fights and I don't know why I'm so against this fight. Maybe it's just my mood. I feel like I wasn't against this, this card, you know, the entire week. I think there's one or two, two definitely fights that I'm really curious about if they hold up the main event, the co-main event, and there's one or two sprinkled in. I'm, I'm kind of interested in the see, but, um, you know, I feel like there's some plays. I just, I, I need, I'm, I'm drinking caffeine right now. I need to get my fucking head out of the ass. Come on. Get it, get it going, Brian. Let's go. Come on. Huh. All right. <laughs> I got to fucking psych myself up. All right, this weekend, September 5th, UFC Vegas 9 or something, Overeem versus uh, Augusto Sakai. Sakai, uh, main event. I'm going to give you picks. We got picks. I got picks. And, uh, yeah, let's get started. So they switched the card on me again, right? Um, the lineup. So the lineup might not match up with you because they moved Kellner up. He's my first fight. You fucking, you guys get it, right? I mean... Yeah, you guys get it. Okay, so first fight of the night from on me, Brian Kellenher, who is going to be 21 and 11. He's a minus 245 favorite. He's fighting Kevin. Not, oh God, Devin's going to 
destroy me for not being able to pronounce his name. Kevin Natividad. Natividad? I don't know. You know, he's just, I think, I believe he's, I believe he's Spanish. I think he's from, I think he's American, but I think that's a Spanish last name. Am I, am I correct on this? Arizona, born in Hawaii? Maybe not. Well, there's Spanish people in Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, the quicksand, 9-1. It took the fight on short notice. Ricky Simone was supposed to fight better than Kellen Her. Um, 245, minus 245, Kellen Her, plus 194 for Kevin. I'm not going to try to pronounce that last name again. I'm sorry. I, it's quicksand. Quicksand, baby. Um, I, I didn't know much about quicksand. I looked him up. He's got some good fights. He has a win over Irwin Rivera, I believe his second MMA fight ever. Um, decent boxing, a little wild, right? He's heavy-handed. He likes to maybe go for some takedowns. He likes to mix it up. Does have some finishes on his record. Um, I don't think he's the sharpest guy uh, standing up. I don't think his his power is overwhelming. Um, he is a 135. Right? Both these guys are, but they're fighting at 145 just to avoid the weight cut. Kellner's been super active, right? He, he lost his last time out, knocked out Hunter Azor, uh, which was kind of a big upset, and then he lost his last time out to uh, Cody Stamen, and they basically just extra, uh, exchanged on the feet. No wrestling involved in that fight, and Stamen got the best of them. Uh, I, you know, oh, I'm flirting. I was flirting earlier this week to take quicksand at plus 194. I like the underdog odds, but the more I broke into this card, I'm like, I don't know if I want to risk it with that, you know, because you, you the thing that I keep running into is – dog hunting right you know fucking i'm like dog the bounty hunter chasing these fucking underdogs and um it kind of running runs in some trouble sometimes like right like you know i i convince myself and i bet them and i lose and sometimes when you when you think back on it you're like man the chalk play is probably the play to go there i don't love telling her at minus 245 i understand it you know he's he's been in ufc forever he's looked pretty good as of late his takedown defense is okay. His guillotine is really nasty. If you want to take him down, I don't think quicksand has ever been finished by choke. Uh, he's been knocked out before in like nine seconds against some guy named Glenn Baker. Uh, I mean, that just, that's just a one-punch knockout. That's a fluke knockout. Kellner's boxing has looked really good. He doesn't have the biggest power in the world. I think he's kind of slick. In the Cody Stabman fight, he really rallied back, has showed a pretty good chin. I'm going to go put Kellner here, minus 245. It is a little steep. I wouldn't say it's unbettable um, if you really want to take a dog and you're just like, I'm going to do a fucking parlay on like six dogs. I think quicksand might be an okay pick because I think it's going to be very competitive in the beginning. Not sure how in shape Kevin is. Uh, Kellen Her was supposed to fight Simone, which was a huge step up, huge challenge. Kellen Her Kellen was going to be a big underdog in that fight, and now he's now he's the big favorite. Minus 245, I think it's playable. I do. It's a hefty price, but I do think you can play it. Um and uh, yeah, I don't know if I would though, right? So I'm, I'm conflicted a little bit because I do like Kellner, but do I trust him? Uh, I don't know if I trust him because you know Kevin Quicksand Natsvidad nailed it. Uh, he can come out and just guns a blaze and nothing to lose. Like hey, I got one round in me. I've been training for two weeks for this. I got to cut weight. I got one round and I'm coming out slanging and fucking banging. Uh, obviously that could happen, but I, I'm gonna lean Kellner at minus two forty five. All right, next up, Cole. Oops, excuse me. Yeah, Cole Smith seven and one. Um, what is he plus one ninety four underdog? Yeah, he's a pretty big underdog. Same kind of same line here. Uh, Cole Smith. Wait, hang on. Did I fuck up? Sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. Because I feel like since they, you know, I got my lines from Fandle. Shout out Fandle. Love Fandle. I feel like I. Oh nope. Okay, plus one ninety four for Cole Smith, who's seven to one. Hunter Azur is a minus two forty five. So the same exact line as the Kellner fight. You can get these lines everywhere. This is just you know. FanDuel has him as this, so is what it is. Cole Smith lost his UFC debut to Miles John. He is a wrestling heavy, 
uh, fighter. He is shooting at your legs. He is putting you in the cage. He is trying everything to take you down. His stand-up is a little weak. He gassed in that Miles John fight. I actually thought he won the Miles John fight. I had him in a parlay. Uh, he was the only fight I got wrong on that, so he's kind of fucking dead to me. But, um, you know, that's his game. He's going to shoot on your legs. He's going to get you in the cage. He's going to smother you. It's good. If you're going to fight Cole Smith, it's going to be a fucking ugly fight. Hunter Azura is coming off a knockout loss. He looked like he wanted to stand up. You know, he was standing up with Kellen Hur and uh, didn't want to wrestle, which I thought was weird because Kellen Hur does have a good guillotine, but I think his takedown offenses could be a little questionable at times. I mean, he's been taken down. He's not like a fucking, you know, that hard to take down. Hunter Azura showed really good wrestling in his, in his UFC career so far um they say this fight's at 135 i thought azor was 145 huh maybe not i thought he maybe he's cutting down the weight or cole smith's going up they have a list at 35 for some reason i thought azor was uh 45 either way i'm gonna pick uh i'm gonna take hunters or i'm gonna take another chalk guy i just think he's actually the better wrestler i think cole smith's awkward I don't think his wrestling is like super high class, world class. I think he can probably push a pace and get you down and, and make it awkward or make it ugly. Definitely can happen. But I think Unresor is the better athlete, better striker, more powerful. And I think his wrestling is really good too. I think this is going to be uh, Cole Smith's going to have a hard time here. I think this is a tough matchup for Cole Smith because I think Zord has better hands, better power. And Cole Smith does not. And Cole Smith's only way to win is really to smother him. Possibly get a submission. Don't see that happening. But I'm going to go with the chalky guy. Chuck, 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 chuck. I'm gonna go with Hunter Azor. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate the pick either. I mean, again, it's it's priced kind of high, so you're gonna have to put a lot in the pot to come back. I mean, maybe he could be a parlay play. Um, you know, with a minus two forty five. Again, I don't think it's absolutely crazy, but I just think he's just better everywhere. Just more athletic. I think they're very similar. They have similar records, 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 similar game plans. Um, Hunter, I think, is just a little more well-rounded than Cole. And we haven't seen Cole in, like, over a year or so. And he gassed pretty hard in that Miles John fight, even though I did think he win. All right, one. All right, next up, you got Marcus Rodrigo de Lima, 17-6-1. He is a plus-110 underdog. He's fighting Alexander Romanoff, who's 11-0. and 0. Uh, Is this guy named King Kong? Right? Is that his name? King Kong. So I didn't. I don't know much about this guy. I know he's supposed to fight in April. Um, obviously, COVID ruined that, and then he couldn't travel. And then I guess he maybe you know they didn't book him on final end. They're booking him now. Uh, Rodrigo de Lima, big, big, big power. Right, two hundred five or going up to heavyweight, which I thought was smart. He was getting older. Quit cutting that weight. He's not. He's not super undersized at heavyweight. Alexander Romanov's a guy who has one game plan and that's to fucking take you down and pound on you from top. Doesn't have the, he's not going to win fucking bodybuilding award. You know, he's carrying a lot of body fat. He's from Moldova. Um, he seems like he has some decent ground and pound. He's got some slams on him. His takedown entries look really sloppy to me. Like it's definitely not Kane Velasquez jumping on your legs there. It's surprising that he gets so many people down the way he does. I mean, he must have, you know, he must be strong in that technique, but it's really shocking that he can. Marcus Salim is going to have the advantage on the feet. I think, um, I think he needs to keep this fight standing. The problem is he's had trouble doing that. He's been choked out before. He's been taken down before. He kind of stays flat on his back. I feel like Romanoff is going to have the side advantage, the weight advantage. If he takes Delima down, gets on top, it's fucking over. I think Lima knows that. I think Lima needs to come out, look for an uppercut, look for a knee because the, for Romanoff just jumps at your legs. 
It's not, he's not setting anything up, right? He's coming at your legs and he's double and he's lifting and if and he's slamming you, right? Um, I really flirted with going Lima here. I just don't like Lima. I don't like betting on the puncher's chance. I'm not blown away by Romanoff net yet. I do think he's going to have trouble once people stops his takedown. You know, he's a champion. He's 11-0. No one's been able to do it yet. He's fought some decent competition over in Europe. If you get a guy in there, a heavyweight guy, that can stop takedowns. I don't think Delim is the guy because, you know, again, he's been choked out by Von Flu, Von, or excuse me, the OSP choke. He's been, you know, flat on his back, and, he, and he, he not a, he's not a world-class guy off his back, right? He's a fucking puncher. He's going to knock your head off. Hopefully he catches Romanov because I am rooting for Delima to win because I think Romanov is a little overrated. I looked up some tape on him. A lot of highlights on this guy. People are high on this. Moldovan heavyweight. I'm going to pick Romanoff. Um, I know I just contradict myself there. Minus 134. It's a buyable line. You definitely can place on this. Um, I wonder what the props going to be for a finish. I should probably look that up. You know what? I am going to look that up because I think I told you guys I was going to be a prop guy from now on, right? Didn't I make that promise to you guys? I don't think I promised, but I, I, I definitely did. All right. So Romanoff by KO, TKO is a plus 195. I fucking love that line, right? Because if Romanoff wins, it's going to be by that. Delima doesn't have the gas to go three minutes, let alone three rounds. Um, Romanoff's eventually going to get on top, and if he does, it's going to be a fucking lights out. So I like that line as Romanoff the win. He's a small favorite at minus 134. This might be playable. It definitely is playable. I wrote it down. Let's go. Prop bet time. Prop city. Prop, prop city. All right, Romanoff, that's my pick. All right, Montana De La Rosa, 11-5. She's a plus-156 underdog. She's fighting Viviana Juro, who's 8-2, minus-178 favorite. This is a tough fight for me because Montana De La Rosa, I love her name, first off. Montana De La Rosa, I know she's married to Mark De La Rosa. Cutie, cutie patootie. Good fighter, good grappler. Um, has fought some good competition. Viviana Juro, again, getting, a, getting love from Vegas here. Even though I just, she doesn't blow me away. You know, she's had some good wins in the UFC. She's only had one loss in the UFC. She's fought some good talent. Uh, knocked out, huge knockout in her UFC debut, which everyone thought, oh, this girl's got crazy power. Hasn't really shown it since. Be Alexis Davis, who's like 50, and then lost to Jessica I by decision. Um, Montana De La Rosa, again, kind of awkward on the feet. Needs to get this fight to the ground. Vivian is going to be the, the probably the stronger competitor. Um Montana, I feel like, has fought better people. You know, I'm going to go underdog. I'm going to go Montana De La Rosa as the underdog, my first underdog play. You know, it, it's not quite a bold spaghetti fight because I do think these both these women do have some really good skills. Um, I just think Montana De La Rosa, if she really can fight her fight, right, she needs a win here. If she can make it ugly, make it scrappy, get the fight to the ground, I think she has a shot here. But Vivian, again, big power. Um, has good cardio. Both these women do. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a scrap. Vivian can just. I mean, if Montana get can't get that takedown, she's gonna get picked apart. I'm gonna bet one. You know, plus one fifty six that Mont- Montana's gonna get the takedown and she's gonna dominate some position. Gonna be a close fight as most women's fights are. Um, but I like Montana as as the under here, and it's not because she's cute. It's because that's the way I feel, guys. Okay, don't fucking call me out on it. That's the way I fucking feel. All right. Next up. Fight that's kind of flying under the radar here. Bartos, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name. Fabinski, 15 and 3. He's a minus 158 favorite. He's fighting Andre Munez, who is 19 and 4. He is a plus 128 underdog. Fabinski, good record, one, um, former welterweight. If you remember, he you know he signed in the UFC, so was Darren Stewart. They were in Europe. 
right when kind of COVID happened, I believe there was supposed to fight March. Cage Words was like, hey, UFC, we feed you guys European talent all the time. Do you mind letting these guys fight on our card? They're like, sure. So technically, it wasn't a UFC fight, but it was. He beat Darren Stewart by decision. Um, Darren Stewart looked really off that fight. Bartos is a is a fucking. He's gonna hang on. He is a grappler. He is uh, a tough guy to finish. He's and he's a tough guy to look good against. Got a lot of decision wins. He's fifteen and three. Fought at welterweight. Now he's at eighty five. Andre Munez, I believe a con- uh, was he a contender series guy? I know he fought a contender series guy last time. He was a contender series guy. Okay, so um, he he's I believe twice. So I guess he did Brazil. Then he went to. Um, the the regular one, yeah. Um, and then he beat Artemio Herrera by decision, which was a big win because Herrera is is a big big boy. Munez is a good grappler himself. This is a really interesting fight. I was actually really surprised Munez was the slight dog. I figured this would be a pick 'em fight. Bartos is getting some love from um from uh, Vegas here. A lot of people like this kid, Bartos. A lot of people, you know, he's tough. He's I don't know if he's ever been finished. Let me look at his record. 15 and 3, right? I don't think he's lost. Oh, that's, he does, he's got Brian. Remember, remember, remember? Yeah, okay. Pizarro's, Michael Pizarro's guillotine choked him. I was going to say, he didn't have a UFC loss. Yeah. His lone UFC loss was a, was a guillotine choke by Michael Pizarro's. But yeah, he's lost. Uh, finished, he's been finished twice. So he's been submitted twice. Never been knocked out. Munez probably not going to knock him out. But I see him just being a bigger body here and withstanding stuff. So you know what, guys? Rough, rough. Do you like dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Do you like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is MMA Takes Underdog Lock of the Night. Um, there's a lot of underdogs on here. You know, I just picked Montana. There's a couple on the end of the card, right? Do I? I no, maybe not. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of interesting underdogs. You know, when I go through a little backstory, when I go through, I highlight all the underdogs that I like in blue. And then I go through them and decide which ones I'm going to pick. And Munez really stopped out to me because he used to be the bigger, stronger guy. Fabinski is a, a, a guy a lot of people are getting behind right now in, in that European talent pool. And, uh, you know, I just think he's going to be a little undersized here. Munez is a good grappler himself. I think he's going to be younger in shape. And, uh, yeah, it, hopefully it plays on the feet. I want to see what happens on the feet. But, uh, yeah, I like Munez here as the underdog at plus 128. I like that. He's my lock. Lock it up. That's a guaranteed bet. Uh, probably going to go to the decision. What's the prop for decision, boys? Any guesses out there before I look it up? Because I should have written down, but I'm unprepared because I had a bad day today. Any method of victory here? Munez by decision. Munez by points is plus 380, which I think he'll probably... I mean, submission as well is plus 420. Fabinski has been fucking fin- or submitted before. It's good to be a close fight. I got to imagine Munez going by points. You get a plus 380 point there. Um, KOTK is a plus 950 if you want to take a shot at Munez landing something. He's a big kid. He could land something. Uh, I don't see that happening. But, man, listen, that, those points and that submission prop bet, plus 380, plus 420 is very interesting to look at. I will definitely be touching my toes on that. I'm going to take the money line. I'm going to take the fight. And I'm going to take the prop. Boom. Done. All right, next up, Tiago Moises, 13-4. and four. He's fighting Jalen Turner, who's 9-5. and five. Uh, Moises, minus 170 favorite. He's fighting Turner, plus 138. This is a tough fight to pick because Moises, to me, was getting dominated by Michael Johnson, and then he caught the submission. Um, really good grappler, really good jiu-jitsu. Jalen Turner, 9-5, and five, primarily striker, really big for 155. I believe he's fought most of his career at 170. Uh, you know, strong kid. Um, I, you know, it. 
Turner has trouble with, with strikers, right? He's got a little bit of a chin issue. He leaves his hands down and stuff like that. But he also, I think, doesn't have the best takedown offense. Moyes is, is going to come out and take you down and probably submit you. Um, I wish I could take Turner because I feel like Turner could throw a knee, could throw a punch, could catch Moises. Moises is tough. I'm going to go Tiago here. Um, probably by submission, the prop on that can't be um, – I mean, it just can't be all that guy. So – by submission is plus 160, right? So a lot. So Vegas thinks Moises is going by submission as well. By points, plus 320. By knockout, plus 1,500. Um, I like him by submission. I mean, listen, the, the kid's slick on the ground, and and I think that's that's the way to go. That's the playable thing. I'm going to go Tiago here. Minus 170. Again, a playable fight. Again, a, a, a reasonable line there. Next up, Michael, Mr. Michael Pell, uh, 23 and 11. He's a minus 115. He is fighting Zalim Amadimov. Amadiv. He was eight and two. He's a minus one hundred five. I see a lot of handicappers on Twitter. I was taking a dump right before I came on here. A lot of them like Salim, right? He's an interesting striker. He throws some weird stuff, but he doesn't set anything up. He got a lot of spinning stuff. He's got some power, um, but he doesn't set anything up. He doesn't have anything that really like excites me. Pizera, Pizera, he's fucking a wild man. This guy's crazy. Throws his shit all over the place. You know, he said he was training with cows and animals and stuff. Like him and Matt Wyman in the backyard and fucking trying to knock over a cow. Um, and, I, you know, Pereira is is a huge, huge guy for 170. The guy's fucking bricked up. Zaleem, again, good striker, but hasn't really shown me a lot in the UFC where um, I think he's going to, you know, it's going to be an interesting first round. Both these guys have prone the gas. Pereira looked like he had a little bit of ca- uh, gas last time he came out. Looked like he slowed down a little bit. Enough of the backflips in the cage. You just save some of your fucking energy. Um, Zaleem slows down a little bit. He, he comes out hot, but he definitely slows down. His striking is gets a little more predictable as the fight goes on. He's, he's not setting many things up. He is wild. He throws a lot of stuff, but very interesting matchup here. I, I like this matchup. I can't imagine how it's not going to be fight of the night. Pereira. Likes to throw some crazy stuff. He's capoeira style, but he doesn't like to get hit a lot, right? He's not going to sit there and, and slang and bang. He might even take this fight to the ground. He's going to have the size advantage. I think he's going to take it down. If, if he wants, he's going to mix it up. Um, and I think Zalim's going to have some problems uh, once the fight moves on. Both these guys can be completely washed and gassed in that third round, but I'm going to go Pereira. He has actually my mortal lock, right? I'm going to lock him up. My mortal lock, the reason being is I just, when I looked at this card, um, there's some underdog plays, there's some heavyweight plays, uh, excuse me, there's some other plays. I was really leaning Menafield as well because, uh, you know, we, we picked that earlier uh, when the fight originally got canceled. But Pereira kind of stood out to me just because Zaleem, I think, is kind of a perfect matchup for him. Now, he can go out to knock out Pereira, you know, fuck, it's MMA, anything can happen. I just see Pereira being a little spontaneous, being a little wild in that first round, throwing Zaleem off and eventually showing his size and more well-roundedness and getting a win here. Um, probably not in a spectacular spectacular fashion. First round should be very entertaining, but I see Pereira just kind of wearing on throughout the fight and uh, getting that W. So he's my mortal lock, lock it up, lock, you know, mortal lock of the, I wouldn't say century, but definitely mortal lock of this card. All right, Sajara Eubanks, five and four. That's a weird record. I thought she was better than that. Plus 115, she's fighting Carol, Carl Rosa, who's 13 and three. She's a minus 142 favorite. I like Sarge. I like Sarah Eubanks from the Ultimate Fighter. I like her attitude. I liked, um, I like just the way she fights, right? But she just it hasn't really transitioned to many things in the UFC. She's fighting um, Carl Rosa, who's literally su- supposed to fight Julia Villa four times and can't get the fight right. She's coming off a win over v- Vanessa Melo. Um, 
she doesn't blow me away either. This is this is you know she's got some good wins. She's got some good jujitsu. Brazilian fighter, um, good on the mat. Sarzo, just I feel like she's just bigger, stronger. I, I can't bet on Eubanks again. I can't. I always take her and I lose. She's five and four. You know, Shannon Dobson's four and four and she just won. So maybe, so, you know, fuck it. I'm going Sarge. I'm switching my pick, baby. Underdog, underdog pick. It's risky business. Live on air, live on air. I just switched my pick. I might regret that. I'm going Sarge Eubanks. You know what? I always bet against her or I always bet four. I was going to fade her. I'm going to keep riding the train to the ground, right? Shannon Dobson got it done. Why can't Sarge Eubanks, who I do actually think is really talented. So we're going Eubanks. Fuck it. Next up, co-main event, Ovin St. Proop, 24 and four, plus 108. Underdog, he's fighting Lonzo Lonzo Menefield, nine and one. Minus 132, favorite. This fight was supposed to happen a few weeks ago. I already picked it. I already broke it down. In case you forgot, let me hit the highlights. Menefield coming off his only career loss. He trains with a hard-ass coach. He probably put him through rigorous cardiovascular exercises because Menefield did gas in the Devin Clark fight. Devin Clark is a very awkward fight. OSP losses to heavyweight debuts, coming back to 205. I don't like when guys kind of do that to their body. They're up weight, they're down weight, they're up weight. Ovin St. Peru is a big 205-er, good on the ground. I don't think he's light down on the ground. Everyone thinks that this fight goes to the ground. He's just he's, he's like, he's this world-class guy. He's got like two chokes, okay? I think if Menefield wants to take this ground, he's going to be okay. He's just got to be on top. Can't let uh, OSP get Menefield down. I don't think OSP has the greatest takedowns in the world. Devin Clark is is shorter, stouter, you know, bigger, powerful, lower body. Um, has good takedowns. Got Menefield down, but Menefield worked his way back up. I don't see this fight ending any way besides Menifield knocking OSP out. I'm going to send, send him home, home in the send night. Send him home early. I wonder what the prop is. I got to give you the prop. We're prop stop now. One stop shop for your props. Um, method victory. Menifield by KOs plus 140. You're in the plus. I like it by points too. That might be a double play that you might, you're betting against yourself at some point. But if you take him money line to win and then you spread out your little, you know, you spread out some some shekels over plus 500, plus one, uh, 140, they got to be separate bets. But you do that. I mean, listen, that, I mean, I can see him wearing down OSP. OSP, you know, he's been knocked out before. He's, he's been knocked out several times, actually. But, you know, could could withstand that. But I just don't like guys fluctuating with their weight. It fucks him up. I feel like that Roy, uh, ruined Roy Jones' career when he jumped up the fight. Uh, fucking John Louise at heavyweight, and he popped back down. He just wasn't the same. All right, main event time. Alistair Overeem, 46 and 18. He's a minus 170 favorite. He's fighting Augusto Sakai, who is 15, 1 and 1, plus 138, underdog. Um, decent little main event here. I, I don't really know why the UFC always floods us with main events. This is like Alistair Overeem's like sixth straight main event. Augusto Sakai, come from the contender series, um, started his career off in UFC with a TK over Trey Sherman in the third round. Split decision went over Andre Lasky, which I thought he lost. Uh, Marcin Tuburi knocked him out in the first round, just overwhelmed him. And then Blogger will even off. He won a split decision as well, which I thought he lost. Um, this kid comes out fast and furious. He's got some powerful hands. I just, you know, I really want the Overeem that fought JDS a few years ago. Cutting angles. Pot shotting, right? Because Overeem has that one-touch power. He really does. I mean, he drops Stipe with a short straight left. He can put your lights out. Um, Overeem looked really good against Walt Harris. He got fucking weathered a storm. Overeem's chin has been a question his whole career. He weathered Big Walt's storm and survived. And Overeem's really good on the ground. People forget about that. I feel like he's going 
since he's getting a little older, he's going to that a little more. I like Overeem in the clinch here. I just don't like him in space. Uh, Overeem's going to have the kicking advantage. He's going to have the striking advantage, but Augustus Kai, a little bit younger, is pretty quick on his feet and uh, could land a big shot on Overeem. I think Overeem needs to get this fight close, work in the clinch, and then eventually get it to the ground. Um, interesting main event for the heavyweight division. I root for Alistair Overeem. He's a vet of the game. I've been watching pretty much his entire career. The guy's got a million fucking fights. I mean, he's 46 and 18, for Christ's sakes. Seems like a good dude. Um, I'm going to go over him here. Minus 170. It's definitely playable. Um, I don't really know. It's a five-round fight, so I don't really want to know. if I don't really want to dig into the props because, you know, I want to say Alistair could maybe TKO him late in the fight, like fourth or fifth round. I can also see Sakai catching Alistair in the first round. Um, Alistair's been known to get caught, but I feel like he has been fighting smart since he's in Colorado. Not sure if he got, actually got to go out to Colorado with COVID, um, but he, since he's been at that Colorado gym with Curtis Blaze, he's really, really improved his cardio, improved his overall fight IQ. You know what I mean? I think uh, working the clinch, throwing your knees that Overeem has, the power that he has, he's strong in that position, uh, working the fight to the ground, being on top. He's a beast to deal with on top. And, um, you know, just just wear out Sakai, who, again, I think is a, is a solid prospect at heavyweight, but he hasn't blown me away yet. He's, I think, lost his two close fights. I think he lost to uh, Arlovsky and Blagoy. But the record books say that he won. That's it. We got through it. 37 minutes, 10 minutes of me blabbing, 27 minutes of fight picks. Um, I'm going to have better energy next week. You know what I mean? I'm going to watch the fight Saturday. Uh, this Thursday just fucked me up. So if, if you listen to this and I'm low energy, low T, whatever, I'm sorry. Um, video, I'm going to put out a video probably next week as well. And then we'll do the pick em. I was going to do a pick em next week with Timbo. Uh, still don't know if he wants to do it considering, uh, Texera and Santos bailed. Happy Labor Day weekend. Devin and I are going to do a podcast on Sunday and it's going to be out Labor Day as well. Just recapping the entire month of August. Who is the winners? Who's the losers? I know he's coming at me with some Sean O'Malley stuff, so I got to prepare, be prepared for that. MMA Takes Podcast on all social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up. Follow us. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.